Episode 319, The Rant. Charles McCann, St. Mary's basketball legend, head coach in a pandemic. The 2020-2021 season is something that we will not anytime soon ever forget. In this pod, we pull up to St. Mary's to discuss his early life playing basketball in Queens, playing and excelling at St. Mary's, his experience in college, and what his season that ended up short will end up paying for him in the long run. All that and more, my conversation with Coach McCann, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest live in the St. Mary's Girls Gymnasium where I've played a lot of volleyball games here and I've ref the whole bunch of times. And I was here just last Wednesday refing the game and circumstances have completely changed. But I'm with the uh, current head coach at St. Mary's High School on the varsity side on the girls uh, former basketball player at LIU, uh, go Pioneers and RIP. But uh, my man, Charles McCann, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good, man. And I remember the first time I saw you, I was pleasantly surprised to see you on the bench. Even though, you know, I think when you're a ref, you can't really say what you want to say. And then I was like, yo, man, what's up? And then I remember I DM'd you and I was like, yeah, it was me. And then I guess you put two and two together. When did you realize that I was referee rant? Oh, man. I would say early on before you had my boy Justin Bailey on, uh, I knew right away that, that it was you. Just from uh, our interactions between mm. you and I at, at post. So when I first heard your voice, I reckon, I'm like, I recognize this voice. Mm. And then when I, you know, did my research, went on Instagram and I saw your face, I was like, ah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I, I can see you doing this. That makes sense, man. And, you know, just like last week we was doing the quarterfinals over here, your girls were raring to go at that moment in time. And I want to intertwine this with my own story, but you guys were undefeated. And then I'll never forget, I got a phone call that day when you had your championship. And believe it or not, the other referee, he has a daughter on Mercy. So he hit me up and was like, they, they won. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I didn't really want to believe him. So I remember, I, I think it was like 2 a.m. in the morning, I watched it. And lo and behold, yep, yep. you know, and I saw your body language. And I know just during the course of the season, I had you about five or six times. You guys were really just just giving everybody a, a, as much as that you can give, right? So even I had the game at Mercy, 
and you know you could see the synergy with the twins and and all the other players that were playing. Um, just talk about you know before we get into the championship game, how much of a pleasure it was to just be around the game, to be coaching at your old school, um, and I guess the pressure that you get just being undefeated. What was that like? Yep. So uh, first and foremost, congratulations to Our Lady of Mercy. Uh, they did. They came out and did what they had to do. As far as coaching with this opportunity, it was it was amazing. I could I never expected being here, mm. but coaching these girls, I truly loved it. Every single one of them got better. Um, as far as the pressure came with being undefeated, there was definitely a lot of that. Um, as the game winded down, and granted, like I said, the girls did a great job all season long, but a lot of things hurt us in that end. And for, for such a short season, I became the coach a week before the season started. Mm. And these girls, they... You know, they took everything that Coach B and I threw at them, and they took it, they learned, and they improved steadily as the season went on. And unfortunately, when it came to that moment, you know, certain things happened that we weren't prepared for. Um, like you said, we weren't really in a close game all season long. Mm-hmm. Uh, our age kind of hurt us, and the fact that we only had eight players, right? We, we couldn't – we did a great job mimicking as much as we can throughout the season, but it's hard to mimic certain situations like the one we were in with only eight players. Um, nevertheless, Our Lady of Mercy played a great game, and I'm really proud of our girls. Uh, they have no reason to hang their head. They did everything that was asked of them, and then more. Um, they exceeded everybody's expectations. Yeah, so I'm proud of them. I'll agree with that. Um, you know, just watching the tape, I'd say maybe like midway through third quarter, fourth quarter, I feel, and you tell me if this is just an observation for myself. Do you feel as though that they were playing to not to to not lose? Not not so much of like, because I'll tell you, I've been with them all this time and I'm like aggression, 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 aggression. And then even a big girl, like when you got the big girl going and the little one that always steals the ball, I'm like, all right, they baking. Yep, AB. Yep. Uh, it's funny you say that because those were ex- Coach B's exact words uh, to the girls was stop playing to to not lose. Mm. We got to play to win. Yeah. And, and that's what we didn't do. We, we shied away from the things that had gotten us to that point. Again, it was definitely a little bit of nerves. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, it was definitely nerves, and the fact that we didn't execute down the stretch, again, doing everything that got us to that point, uh, it, it showed and it hurt us in the end. Yeah, and I was also going to say that, you know, we talked about this off air about having an undefeated season. I had one in 2011, and I remember it was so surprising because I've been coaching this since 2000, and I can't say that we were – anywhere near the best. We always like middle of the pack. We'd always compete, but there was a big breakthrough in 2011. It was very surprising because the year before, I'm not going to say that they were bad, but it's all of a sudden they just excelled and they really answered the call. However, by the time we had championship game, um, we were in situations that we were never in. And that's when you remember how fragile they are and that their kids because they, they don't have the poise, they don't have it. And then, you know, as a coach, sometimes, especially early on in your career, you're like, you come from a place of, and, and maybe you say this subconsciously of like, why can't you just do this? Like, you know how to do it because you played and you've been through the ringer like that. Um, you know, look, in hindsight, do you think that it was a good thing that you were undefeated or do you think it was a bad thing that you were undefeated? Immediately looking at it, uh, you know, you can say it's a bad thing because it hurts in that moment. But for their development and their growth, it was a good thing mm. because to have that undefeated season at their age, to feel the amount of pressure that 
they had to feel during that game is only going to make them better. And I know that speaking from experience, similar to you, I've been in situations where, you know, we, we can say as I can say as a player, like, oh, I blew it or, or we blew it. Yeah. Uh, so in the long in the long haul, it's going to make those girls a lot better. Mm. So I'm as weird as it sounds. I'm, I'm happy it happened to them now rather than later. No, I, listen, I agree. There's always going to be a silver lining when it comes to a, a very bitter loss like that. And I will say that it, it's good. To, sometimes it's just good to lose. Right. It's just good to. And I'll never forget there was this moment on the tape. I think you were down by like four points with 13 seconds, and they had the ball, and you guys call you guys fouled, and then you call timeout. It's like wow, you've never you literally have never been in this situation before, and it's like this is the moment where you have to do it. And you know, it it's not a knock on any X's and O's. It's just more like I just we just never been in this situation. So regardless of what you say, they're probably just feeling you know. So many emotions of like, how could we let this happen? What, and then you start really thinking of like, I wish we could take some of those blowouts and just transfer some of those points because, I mean, man, you guys were pouring it on. But listen, congratulations to your team. Um, I had you guys a whole bunch of times. I know they're very young and they'll come back. But I did want to get back to, obviously, you got this opportunity because of the pandemic. And so much has changed, I'd say, from March uh, 2020 to where it is now. We're taping this on March 26th. Happy Air Max Day, by the way, for all the <laughs> Nike heads. Um, you know, I, I, I want to know, first of all, how are you holding up? How's your family doing? And when was the moment, if you go back to March, when was the moment that you took all this really serious? I remember driving to work and got a call from my boss when I was like five minutes away. He's like, hey, buddy, uh, you just need to get everything and go work from home. And I was like, wow, like it's, this is real. Like I'm not even being allowed into the office. I got five minutes to get in and get out. Mm. Um, so that was the moments that I, I really started to take this series because at the time I didn't know anybody that, that was affected. And fortunately, though, throughout this, my family, you know, they remained very healthy. Uh, everyone was doing what they can to remain careful, and we've been able to do so thus far. So throughout the pandemic, it, it's been tough for many individuals on, on a mental level, but health-wise, family's doing great. That's good. And, you know, I think that there were so many different beats of, you know, NBA shutdown, wow. Going to work. It, it felt like an extended version of Hurricane Sandy because I remember there was a moment in Hurricane Sandy where it was like, I can't go to work. I can't get gas. And like that was a legitimate excuse. Yeah. But you compound that with the coronavirus. It was literally happening all the, the whole time. And, you know, I know that your life, you know, you've sublimated it and you still have made basketball in your life. It's, it's somewhere it's always going to be involved in the game. Where was it during the coronavirus when they took the rims down in the city and there was no games being played at Island Garden and all those different AAU beats, all the high school beats that we normally go through, they didn't exist. What were you doing? Yeah, uh, I just want to say with, with basketball in general, um, and everybody's probably favorite word is adversity. Uh, basketball is a great platform for life. So obviously this is something that was new for all of us, but I was used to dealing with adversity in, in different ways. And no matter what type of adversity I face in, in life, I'm able to relate to basketball. Mm. Uh, and it was no different for the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I, I want to say personally, being home with you know me and Nicole, I've been with Nicole since my senior year at, at St. Mary's. We, we had fun, right? Uh, obviously, we were concerned for our family throughout the time. We were always checking in. Technology makes that a lot easier. Um, but we enjoyed that, that lockdown period, the alone time that we had. But moving forward from from there, we just, you know, kind of keep that in mind, like how the pandemic has shaped us mm -hmm. um, and try to keep in mind being grateful for, for these different moments because it has been an eye opener. 
yeah, from it's, my family. It's definitely been an eye opener. And um, I, I know the moment when I found out, I'll never forget where I was. I was at Suksa and they said that we're going to play basketball. And I was like, I'm not playing. Ba-. And, and it just couldn't like ring. It couldn't register in my head, like what we were going to do, but we had a season. So, um, you know, during this whole time of pause and then you working here and then, you know, losing your championship, having that coaching experience, what do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time since the pandemic started? I would say, and, and I like to be humble, so I want to I want to say this in the humble, most humblest way possible, is that I'm capable of anything, and and only reason I'm capable of is because one of my faith and my hard work and the life lessons that have been taught to me throughout life. So, uh, like I said before, anytime adversity hits, am I just approaching it with a smiley face? No, I'm not perfect, but I know at the end of the day, whatever it is, I'm going to overcome. Uh, and same thing coming into this coaching position, I had nerves. And I took those nerves to make sure that we were prepared. Mm. And I, f- I feel we did a pretty good job being prepared. Mm. Well, this is an honor for me to be at your school because I know how much this place mean- means to you. Um, having said that, just talk about where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? I grew up in uh, Jamaica, Queens, Springfield Gardens, to be exactly, uh, to be exact. And really all I knew was, was basketball. I, I played football for a short stint with the Rosedale Jets. Uh, at that time, I was one of the fastest kids. I don't know what happened to me, but <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, I was going to a football camp, church camp, and basketball camp, and my mom pretty much made me choose, and I was like, I love basketball, and and that was it from there. I really, I wish I did kind of have that introduction to other sports, mm-hmm. but I, I have no regrets. It's been basketball all my life. Interesting. So going into your high school career, um, I'll just say for myself, so I'm from Uniondale. And my parents told me in, I want to say, fifth grade that if I keep hanging out here, I'm going to either die or go to jail. And they were like, you're going to go to Kellenberg. And I was like, I'm not going there. And I was fighting it for the longest time. And true to their word, I went to Kellenberg. And it was awful. It was a terrible experience in seventh grade and eighth grade because I never met white people that were my age. I was confused. They were all big. There were seniors in the class. But then eventually... You, it, it's like a badge of honor because when you're in there, everyone's trying to get away with something or everyone's just banding together because it's miserable for me and it's miserable for you. But let's make, let's, let's make it fun because I have no choice. So ninth grade, <laughs> going into ninth grade, my parents are like, we're going to give you a choice. I'm like, all right, I'm going back to Uniondale. They were like, no, your choice is you either stay here or you go to Chaminade. And I was like, that's not a choice. <laughs> But I will say, as much as I love basketball, I remember when I was playing in the Catholic League, the the cream of the crop was always St. Dominic's and St. Mary's. So when I think of St. Mary's, I think of a powerhouse. I think of Danny Green. I think of Joel Suarez, who definitely crossed me and made me uh, fall when I was playing basketball. But what made made you decide to go to St. Mary's? Uh, Coach Ira, who's now the boys varsity coach here at St. Mary's. Uh, he was my coach since I was 11 years old, mm-hmm. 10, 11 years old. And when I was in the eighth grade and we were looking at schools, one, I remember one day he called my mom and told us that he was now the freshman coach at St. Mary's. And it was a no brainer. Like we're going to St. Mary's because uh, what that, what he had done for me just from ages 11 to 13 at that time, it was obvious to even me as a child, mm-hmm. as well as uh 
and even more so for my parents that I needed to be underneath Ira's wing. Mm -hmm. And I nevertheless came here, me, like I said, Justin Bailey, as well as some of our other AAU teammates came to St. Mary. He's the worst referee. Did, did you ever tell him that? He's that the just, Justin is a pro. That I just hit him pro. up for the tournament. He don't. He don't want. He don't want no smoke. Huh? <laughs> He's too busy at, at Planet Fitness. Yeah, oh, yeah that's definitely all the time. <laughs> what was that like playing um, in St. Mary's? Like, describe what your freshman year is. And I'll say this: at Kellenberg, the hardest teams to make at Kellenberg is always the JV girls volleyball team and the boys freshman basketball team. You make those teams. It like kind of sets your your path and, and separates you from the rest of the student body because you know how it is. Basically, when you are on the basketball team, you're you're the you're king of all kings. That's for certain. And our freshman year, we went undefeated uh, in league play. I think the only team we actually lost to out of the league was Rice. Uh, we played them twice, and it was a great experience early on because we got to see like our, what we're capable of. Mm. Um, we're like we said, freshmen. That chemistry that we had was just unparalleled to anything else, and that's something that got to develop as you know we continued throughout St. Mary's. Now we got split up for a certain time. I right. played JV, uh, Dante and Siobhan got pulled up, so we were split up for a little, but it, it was necessary. Mm. I know I developed a lot on JV. I'm one of those players I needed JV, uh, and it helped. It definitely helped my career, but. When we reunited as seniors, it was just an amazing experience. I had success in college, and I still go back to the success that we had in high school because it was just a group of friends that I grew up with since I was 11 years old, yeah. and we accomplished so much. I was senior year, we went 29-1. and one. We made it all the way to the Federation. Um, we lost to Lou High, and that was the second time we played them. We lost to them in the game. That, that mattered most. So, But you beat them back, the first time? We beat them the first time in the non-league game at uh at Luhai. So that, that was a great experience. That I remember that gym was, was packed. It was it was it was amazing. They had Ash, uh I think they had uh Jordan, I forget Jordan's last name right now, but they, they were stacked. So that was fun for us. Um and bringing back full service. I, I know exactly how these girls felt. Mm. That's why I said I'm happy it happened to them early on, uh, because they have a chance to come back and redeem themselves. When we lost twenty nine and one, that was our senior year, it was, it was over. That was uh. That's got to be still heartbreaking to to do. I wanted to expound upon that that sentiment that you had that you were a type of player that really flourished on the JV level. I, I know that's interesting because just from coaching at Kellenberg, we seldomly move up underclassmen. We always normally go with juniors and seniors for whatever reason, but this year was very special and it was an anomaly where we pulled up four sophomores. But, you know, when I talk to them, when they're on the ground and, and I'm, you know, just conversing with them, trying to make them feel comfortable at the varsity level because there is a big difference between JV and varsity volleyball. Um, I went up to one of the girls and I said, um, be real. Are you, are you sad that you're leaving your friends? Because I know you won a championship with them and now you're in this with, with a lot of pressure. We have a very, you know, very competitive elite program at Kellenberg when it comes to volleyball. Um, what made you think that you needed JV in order for you to flourish on the next level in varsity? So I, I remember when it happened that uh, it was it was very obvious that Dante and Siobhan had moved up. And then I remember, however it went, it was it was kind of a decision between me and Justin. And I'm the type of, at first, I'm always going to support anybody in my circle. So when the choice became Justin, I was never mad at Justin. If anything, I was, I was mad at myself because if that's what I wanted, I needed to be the clear-cut, obvious choice, mm. and that wasn't the case. So I knew I needed to develop. And during my time on JV, 
All right. First of all, about development, it's harder to do that on the varsity level. Yes. Right? You, you getting pulled up, you getting used for for what you are capable of. Like you at have that to moment. you have to justify being pulled up, and you have to play, and you have to make an immediate impact, exactly. or it's like it's not worth it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and while playing JV, I was able to truly develop. There was games where it was like, now we didn't. I don't think we had a winning record, but we were always competitive. And it would be games where, hey, Charles, you're playing the point. Charles, you're playing center. Charles, you're playing small forward. So I was, I was literally learning the game because I need, I had to fill in different roles. I was, it was a lot more responsibility on me, and that's what I needed as a player because I got to a point where I was a great, uh, I was a great X factor to say, for lack of a better word. But I needed the responsibility heavily on me, and that's what happened during JV and allowed me to. I was receiving the proper coaching and allowed me to actually execute what I was developing in games during mm. JV. It's something I wouldn't have been able to have done on the varsity level. So even though your senior year didn't uh, end the way you wanted it to, um, there was the duality of like the recruitment process. What was that like during that magical season that you had? Yep, I remember. I think I was out of I was starting five. I was probably actually like the last one to receive offers, um, and I was one of the, the main guys. So it, it was strange. I, I mean, I'm a six three forward. Mm-hmm. I get it, um, but I remember what summer it was. I remember, I think it was the summer going into my senior year. I first met Chris Casey, who was the time at that time the coach of Post. I met him at IS eight, and then during the season, I remember uh, the assistant Ribzik came and visited me in a non league game when uh, we played Severian. And from that moment is when they decided like they were really trying to recruit me and. I, Post was by far uh, one of the better schools. I had a few others that were were great. And at the end of the day, it was like, all right, it was a no-brainer for for me to go to Post. Mm. And and Coach Hyrule was also very uh, guiding in that process because most kids nowadays, they're waiting for something bigger. Right. And my mom and I spoke to him and was like, you know, should we be waiting for something else before we take this other thing? He's like, no, this is is as good as it's going to get. Take that offer. Mm. You know, like he, he was able to be honest with me and say, hey, you're a Division two player. This is the best that you're possibly going to get. Take that offer. And sure enough, he, he was right. And I was able to play competitively on that level. Every time I think of post, when I drive down 106, there's just like dead spot where my phone always drops when I get a phone call. You know what I'm talking about? I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, talk about your experience playing over there. And how weird is it that it's like a defunct program now? Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. Beautiful campus. Um I understand what what happened from a business decision. Obviously, I wish it never happened because I would love to go back to you know to that school and, and watch games. But while I was there, at an amazing time, I developed amazing relationships. And my first two years was the staff of Chris Casey, and then he ended up leaving going to Niagara. And then my last two years was Eric Smiles and his staff. I I remember thinking after my sophomore year when I knew the new staff was coming in, thinking about leaving the school uh, just because I knew if I were to transfer to NYIT, you know, right next door, mm. that I would have had the career I was looking for as far as individually. I knew how the coach was going to allow me to play, um, which was utilize more utilize me more as a, a stretch forward. But at the end of the day, I, I'm a loyal person. I'm like, this is my school. These are my guys. Uh, I'm gonna go to battle with them, and mm. sure enough, uh, at the time I wasn't thinking like I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna be playing basketball 20 years after this. I wasn't thinking that far, but I, I made the best decision by staying there, being loyal, and, and 
you know, continue to develop those relationships that I built. And we had, we never had a losing season. My freshman year, we made it to the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, and we lost against Adelphi, actually. I remember missing two big free throws, something I could still live with. But um, it, it, we had a tremendous career while we were there. Never losing season is a great time. Mm. Now, after you graduated and what is your transition in terms of basketball now? Were you trying to play play pro? Were you trying to coach? What were you trying to do? Yep. So once I graduated, I had to chase that dream, like like most people. Um, the first year, nothing happened. And then I was supposed to be going to Serbia on like this tour uh, with this gentleman who I'm still very close with, named Almir. And it didn't work out. Um, so at the last minute, I went to Uruguay. Nicole, you know, I said I've been – dating since senior high school uh her family is from uruguay so we went to go visit her family because the seasons are opposite so it was coming to september it was like oh, i was getting cold here let's go to europe <laughs> um, while i was there i was able to work out with a few teams and i think we were there about for uh, three four months four months at least and came home I, I didn't get anything from a team while i was there i came home was barely home for a week and the team reached out to me ended up going back uh, she stayed here and while I was there, it was probably the best experience I ever had. I'm very happy that I can say that I did it. Uh, and I'm also even more happy that while I was doing it, I realized it was something I didn't want to do anymore. Mm, yeah, because I was going to say, like, it's Serbia. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's Uruguay. Like, regardless of how how it sounds enticing, like, when you're there, you don't think about, and especially, like, during a pandemic. Like, I remember somebody that I know was trying to go to Turkey. I'm like, you know, if it's during Ramadan, it's not going to be fun for you. You know, you don't think about those things because you're just trying to chase that. But this whole experience of you know, playing pro, playing in college, playing in high school at St. Mary's, and then also just playing as a kid um, in Queens, what was your perception of officials growing up? Early on, uh, I was like, yeah, I don't talk to officials. Uh, that You don't get texts. That's my job. He be, Yeah, he'd be yelling at me. <laughs> yeah, that, he was like, that's always been his job. So even now, as while I was coaching, it's, a, it's even very hard for me to say something to an official because I'm not used to it yet. Mm. Um, but I, I have I have respect for everyone in their role. Everyone, everybody's role is important. Um, I don't get it perfect. I don't think a ref gets it perfect. So I'm not holding, yeah, would I argue something if I disagree? Of course. Uh, I got to fight for my team at the end of the day, but always try to be as respectable, respectable as possible uh, because at the end of the day, you're just trying to do your best job same way we are. Yeah, 100%. And also, um, truth be told, your parents are yeah. officials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that didn't factor into, like, they never try to convince you to officiate, nothing like that? They have, uh, especially while I – during a time when I wasn't coaching, but they're definitely more happy to see me in, in a coaching position because they they know my mind mm. as as a my basketball mind. They understand that, so they're happy to see me execute that as a coach. And that's not to close the door. You might officiate eventually, right? That's not to say you yeah, probably I, not. I don't close the door on any opportunity. So. That's that's a, that's a good uh, answer. Um, having said that, um, you know, was that weird for your parents to watch you as a coach and? You know, just talk about what planted the seed for you to start coaching. Well, for my parents, it was definitely weird that they couldn't be here mm. because uh, I've been very blessed. They've been at everything I've been able to do, uh, especially basketball, since since I was a child. So it was it was definitely weird for them to be watching me on a live stream rather be in the gym yelling 
uh, even if they, even if that means yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was definitely weird to, to not have them there. As I'm sure it probably felt weird for, for the kids as well. Uh, but as far as what planted that seed, it's, it's not something I ever desired doing. But at the end of the day, I love to give back because I know what the sport has done for me in my development as a, as an individual, as a person, uh, as a family man, etc. I just know what the sport has done for me. It's only right that I give that back and try to instill that into to the youth today. About 20 years ago, I used to coach the girls JV basketball team at Kellenberg. And I'll tell you, it was an experience because there was no pandemic at the time. I would always lose my voice. I was very confused with substitution patterns. I did not know how to coach girls. You have to have like a very soft touch too, because sometimes if you dig in too much, they might, they might start crying. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's no knock on a girl. It's just like, they're just girls. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're a little bit softer. So um, what do you think you were surprised about your first experience coaching um, this team? Do you think you, something that you can go back and say like, oh, I could have improved on this. I could have maybe pushed and pulled a lot more. Or I don't know, you tell me, what, what do you think you, what do you think you would have done differently? Not to say yeah. the outcome is different or anything, just yeah, more no, like no. what you think as a personal development as a coach. Hey, no, and to your point, I, I understand. If you're not looking to get better, you're not trying to get better, then then what are you doing? Um, so, yeah, I definitely always am probably extra critical on myself more more than anybody. Um, it could lead to a lot of stress, but it also leads to a lot of success. Mm. So it, it's about find, finding that balance. And But to your point, what I've looked at that I could have done better, right, I've, I've rewatched the game I know certain things I could have called. I don't know what the result would have been, but that's me being critical of myself is, hey, I should have done this here at this point in the game to maybe kind of change things. Uh, and even during practice, as you said, I was learning as I was going, and these girls have definitely made me better. Um, like you said, yeah, the emotions are also important. And what I was fortunate about with this group is that they all care. So even when I was getting on them, uh, when you get on them, it's important that they understand is because I, I want the best from you. And anything less is going to be unacceptable. Mm. Um, so learning how to get that out of them while not overdoing it and, and, and making sure that they understand that because they have to understand have their best interests. And, and that allows the uh, whatever emotions may be in play to, to be overcome because they know what the intent is. Um, so I, I definitely learned how to be a, a better leader just by having to keep that in mind, like you said, uh, keep the emotions in mind, and, and that's very important. And as far as X's and O's, I've definitely learned you know, different things that, that I can do, and I'm, I'm going to keep studying and keep getting better. Yeah, yeah, and I just think it's it's very rough to transition from, especially like when you're when you first start coaching and you're, you're not too far away from playing. It's such a different dynamic because you're like, I know how to do this, I don't understand – and then just even from the refing perspective, I remember when I first started refing, I still wanted to play basketball. So if somebody's playing at the park at seven, I'm not refing. I'm good. I'd rather, I'd rather play ball. But then it's like separating. Do you think that, and I'll say this at this moment in time, I know you enjoy coaching, but do you think that at this moment in time, it's matched the level of how you feel when you play? And do you think it'll ever surpass it if it doesn't right now? Great question. Um and I was just speaking about this other day, that that loss that we took probably hurt me more than the loss I took as a player in that 29-1 example because when I'm not able to step on that court and actually do something, 
it's just more of the thought of what could I have done differently mm. as, a, as opposed as a player. I know I can, if somebody missed something, I could try to make up for it with, with a little bit of extra hustle. Like I can, I can capitalize on, on our mistakes or, or excuse me, fix our mistakes as a player. But as a coach, it's really just, it's faith. Like I prepared you to get to this moment. Hopefully you do everything that, that uh, we've worked on to prepare you for this moment. And then when it doesn't happen, it feels like, Dag, where did I let you guys down? Where did I let you girls down? Um, so it definitely hurts more, and I, and I think it's to that point. But also to your point, like if I'm at, if I'm somewhere, I'd still want to play. I'm still a competitor. I still got it in me. I want to compete. I'm going to be playing in the, the grown men leads. I'm still going to be doing that. And, and I think the added benefit to that, at least for me when I was growing up, is that whatever uh, Coach Ira was telling us to do growing up, he stepped on the court and did it. If he wasn't satisfied with how you did it, I remember this man. <laughs> Here we go. He had on breakaway Adidas pants uh-huh. uh, our freshman year in practice, and we weren't running. We weren't making the time in sprints. He was like, "If I step on this court, I beat you. Y'all running all day." Uh, and that, that's the PG thirteen version. He ripped off his sweatpants, stepped on the line, and smoked us in a sprint. Oh. And I was, he didn't stretch nothing, and I don't even know how old he was because he looked the same age today that he did back then, but. At the end of the day, my point is that that was effective for me as a player, knowing that what he's asking me to do, he can do himself. So it, to me, it's important that I stay in shape and be able to do the same thing. That Look, I'm not asking you to do something that's impossible. I'm just asking you to work a little harder. Mm. I know your parents are so instrumental in your development as a basketball player, as a person. And, co- of course, Coach Ira was instrumental in you getting here. If you can, list any other mentors that you have, what they've done for you, and how do you think they've shaped the way you can help people after you? So uh, to your point, right, definitely, first and foremost, my parents. Uh, honestly, uh, and I'm going to keep this list short, but I, I feel I've been very blessed to have good people in my life. I definitely had adversity, but then the day I've had support, whether it was from different teachers since I was a child to different mentors. And as far when it comes to basketball, it's definitely been my parents, uh, Coach Ira, and, and Devine Smith. Devine was my assistant and at post and now we actually you know we work together on the side and we have a very close relationship but those folks have definitely paved the way for me when it comes to basketball and because of their experience they saw saw things in me that at whatever moment in life that was I didn't see it myself and and that continues to happen. What kind of advice would you give to somebody that's trying to break in um, the coaching ranks? That's tough because I feel I'm still in that that phase too, uh, even though I, I've had this tremendous opportunity. But with really trying to break into any opportunity, I, I would I would tell people, you know, stay true to yourself, um, and, and just sometimes you got to put your head down and, and keep working. I don't know what to what capacity that means right now as far as trying to get into coaching, but just know that uh, at some point it's going to be a yes. Right? Mm. You're going to you're just going to take a lot of no's, mm. whether it's that no to the opportunity or know that people don't believe in you, whatever the case may be. But if you believe in yourself, it's easier said than done, but you just got to keep pushing forward. Yeah, best analogy I can give is like sometimes when you got to dig, you wish you had a shovel, but you only got a spoon. You just got to blindly keep digging until like you start finding something. And, you know, that's really hard to conceptualize when you're in the thick of it and it's like seems insurmountable. It seems like nothing's going to happen. But truly, I do believe that if you just keep working, like things will just break through. Um, and I'm, you're a testament to that, and I'm definitely a testament to that. But when it came to this season, um, going back January 26th, when they found out that high-risk sports were going to be played in New York State, 
how did this whole experience for you come about? It's funny. Uh, because of my career, I have flexibility in my schedule. And I, I didn't know what the situation was with the boys, but by the time I realized, oh, my gosh, my schedule is flexible, I could, it was too late to tell Coach Eric. He's like, oh, like, you should have told me earlier. I was like, it just dawned on me. I, I wasn't even thinking. Like you said, it all happened last minute. Well, also, we were in the thick of the pandemic. Exactly. We were not thinking about basketball. I know I exactly. wasn't thinking about nothing. Nice. So was, when it happened, I was just like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, I was like, wait, I could coach. I got the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was too late at that point. And then at the, like I said, a week before the season started, the AD here was looking for a coach to step in because um, it, it couldn't be fulfilled by the, the previous coach because it was a pandemic. And I was able – Coach Iris thought of me because I told him I was available. And when he gave my name because of my history at this school, uh, it, it was accepted right away, and, and that's how it happened. So it was really in a blink of an eye. Um, and, again, this is why I had a lot of nerves. Mm. But I, I was took those nerves and, and made sure we was prepared. But I'm truly grateful opportunity I had here. What was that first practice like for you? I was, I, I came in, I remember, <laughs> I set the girls up, we was doing the drill, uh, patino drill, so I had to make it moves at the chairs, and I'm wearing my mask. I, I had set up the chairs, and I had them doing the patino drill, and as they're making moves at the chair, behind my mask, I'm just grinning airy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I, I, I can tell that some work needed to be done, and each each kid needs something different. Um, and I was quickly kind of able to realize who's going to need what throughout that first practice, but I was excited to know at the end of the day these girls are players, uh, and it was going to be fun. Mm. What was that first game like? Oh, that, 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 was, that was exciting. That was our first game against – we played St. Anthony's here at home. Uh, I think we ended up winning by about eight, and it was exciting because that, that was – our, it was a close game. Uh, I think we were controlling the game throughout, but it was definitely intense to finally be. I've been in close games as a coach, but AAU, but this, this is varsity. And uh, it was definitely intense to, to be involved in that. But again, I felt prepared for that moment, so I wasn't, wasn't overly concerned during that time, during the game. Was there ever a moment where it, it felt as though that you felt comfortable with the position because I'm I'm sure it was just was a lot to process in the beginning of because I'm not, I'm not gonna lie when I came in here and I don't know if I had you away or home I was like oh <laughs> Charles the coach okay that's kind of cool and um, you know as I saw you you seem more comfortable the team seemed more comfortable was there a moment in time where you were like all right I I feel like I've absorbed the role and I I I need to assume this it, it I. I grade myself based off their progress and there's different moments throughout the season where I'm like okay this girl's now doing what I've asked of her and, and I understand that they're now getting better so once I started to see their progressions individually it made me realize okay I, I'm doing I'm doing okay mm. I don't it doesn't matter what the, the score say the record is if they're actually getting better then I, I'm more comfortable with the job that I'm doing. Mm. After everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a former basketball player and as a as a coach? I would say being very level-headed. Um, despite my, the rest of my environment, 
just keeping my head on straight and doing what I was supposed to. Now everybody's path is different, but I knew me that if I didn't remain focused, I knew if I didn't remain focused, that it was going to be hard to to accomplish the things that, that I wanted to accomplish. And because I've carried myself a certain way, um, I've instilled a lot of trust about myself and into other people. And it has allowed me to seize any opportunity or uh, be able to be presented with opportunities and then take advantage when those opportunities present themselves. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And ultimately, where do you want to go? Uh, it's funny. I, I just had this conversation with, uh, with someone else recently because it, it, it still feels all brand new. I haven't thought of how far I want to take coaching, um, but I definitely want to remain at least on the varsity level uh, because I am a competitor. And at the same time, like I said before, at the end of the day, as long as I'm making players better players and, and better people, I'm, I'm going to be happy. Um, and, uh, but like I said, on the competitive side, I would like to at least remain at the varsity level. And then what happens next is is going to be in God's hands. Yeah, yeah. And we're rooting for you. If you can describe, what do you think is the most thickest situation that you've ever had as a player? And what is the most thickest situation that you've had thus far as a coach? As, as a player – and I could be wrong, but the first thought that, that comes to my mind, well, I have two. Uh, something, that, and I'll be brief, but I remember speaking with Coach Harry the other day, and I was, when I was about 12 years old, I was coming off the bench behind two other big guys, and I finally got an opportunity to play, and I did terrible. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was 12, though, and I remember being in the bathroom crying, and he came in the bathroom, saw me crying. I was like, why are you crying? And I explained to him why, and he hugged me, and I was like, tough dude like so when he hugged me I was, I was actually surprised and he said as long as you care that's all he told me was as long as you care and mm. I was like that that stuck with me forever because it was like as long as I care things are gonna things are gonna work themselves out. you know I know he cares because I called the blocking foul but I hesitated because I was waiting for the, the ball he was like you look a little confused I was like I'm not confused I'm not confused at all but I definitely love his his yep. His passion and his spirit for you know just the competition, man. I respect that. But what was your second uh, sticky situation that you've ever had as a player? As a player, I would say our state championship my senior year against uh, Mount St. Michael's, I believe, and at Fordham, and similar situation to the girls, right? We had a bunch of scrimmages, non-league games that were competitive, uh, and that that helped us. But during the league play, we we dominated. Mm. So now when it came time for the states. First time in a long time we were down in the game, and I remember coming into the timeout um, towards the end of the fourth quarter, and just yelling like, "Yo, we're not losing this!" Like that, but that, that was the conviction we had because we had been there before. Like I said, we played with each other since we were 11 years old, so we had that chemistry, we had that conviction, and understood like no matter what the circumstances were, we're gonna figure it out. Uh, and sure enough, we did. So that. Uh, that was probably the greatest moment on time because not for one second did we think it was over despite what it seemed like. Mm. I just wanted, this is a personal question for me. I remember the first time we played like a double A school in the I think we played Bishop Lachlan. We lost by 80 points. I was like, oh, this is different. Like this is like St. Mary's. So what did it feel like for you when you played like those double A schools in the city? Were you guys just as competitive? Yeah, we, we were competitive. And uh, if you asked me, there, there were definitely a few teams by that point by seeing it out that were probably a little nervous to, to play us. Interesting. Um, and that's why I love this sport because we had one guy that ended up going division one and that's Siobhan Lewis. Uh, the rest of us division two, division three, but our chemistry was just 
unmatched and mm. everybody was within themselves. No, nobody was mad at the other person about any type of uh, publicity they to say that, that they were receiving. We were all happy to, we knew that winning was the most important thing. Um, so it, it was, it, it felt great when we got to play those schools. Like I, using Luha as an example, great program, always a program that's going to bring the best out of you because they're always great. Uh, so it felt great when we could play a team like Luhai that is, you know, stacked and, and we're, we're in that game. So it, it felt, it was an amazing experience by that point in our lives. And, and that's why I was able to live with that last loss because we've done so much to that point that although we, we didn't get it that time, we, we've proved enough. Y- y'all are still cool? Y'all are still tight or? Very close. Good. Uh, that's good. Spoke to Justin a few days ago. Uh, still speak to he could play basketball like be real he's he's good uh, yeah he well so I, I don't know about now okay right? uh, but growing up before justin joined our team i used to hate guarding because at that time <laughs> i was bad and he was like the only freaking 12th grader with a mid-range i'm like who, like, who has a mid-range at, at that age and he, he was aggressive he, he could play um so those guys being around him definitely definitely made me better here's the million dollar question can he ref Oh yeah, that, that. he's he's gonna be a pro. You sure? Yeah, yeah. So I know people have I don't know what his expectations are, but he wants to. He, he's gonna be a pro. One yeah, day. he's one of my favorite uh, referees in, in in the business for sure. Um, if you could pinpoint your best moment as a player, and if you can pinpoint what was your best moment as a coach, what would they be? As a player, I would I would say, I, w- I would definitely say that that state championship. Uh, my senior year at St. Mary's because that is something you work for for a very long time. Uh, and, it, and it was good to see the hard work pay off, right? Basketball was funny that way. You put so many years in, into something for that for that short moment, uh, but it was well worth it. So that, that was definitely my greatest moment as a player, as a coach. Uh, I would say this season, right? Like I said, everything taking everything into account, um, seeing these girls' progression, and I could go down the list and, and tell you how each one of them has changed in a short amount of time. Um, does make me feel good about myself as well as much as it does make me feel good for them. Um, so it, it makes me realize that, okay, I'm, I'm doing at least something right. Again, yeah. I'm still going to be critical of myself, but I'm doing something right because they got better, and, and that feels good. Yeah, and I think you, get, you got into a, a, a very – your experience right now has been on steroids, right? Because not everyone gets the opportunity to just get elevated to the varsity level, have an undefeated team, and have, you know, just something to to play for. And, you know, just learning on the fly and doing that at the same time, those are very difficult things. I remember when I first started coaching, I was a lot younger when, when I started coaching versus when you started. I think I was 19. I just wanted some Jordans. It wasn't anything crazy. I just went to the AD office like, I just want some Jordans. And they put me on and... I was coaching my friends, so it was it was hard because the age separation wasn't really there. But you know, as over time, it started becoming more of an identity for me to, as you would say, have kids improve. And you know, I think as time goes on, you start developing a style, you start developing a philosophy. I don't think I had a philosophy up until like year eleven, when you start like understanding yourself and like what. What it, what it takes, because I, I think in the beginning, I didn't know how to act. I was so young. I was just like, what are you doing? You need to be doing this. And then eventually you start going like, yeah, can't yell at this person. You can get on this person. This person will be the leader to all of them. And then, you know, you, you start finding your footing. So I'm very excited and interested to see you know how you develop as a coach. But 
you know, basketball has always been a center in your world, right? You've been able to have a flexible job where you can be a coach. It's brought you to the Federation Championship in Glen Falls. Um, you've, you've done so much, even in this building and in college, and you played overseas. What does basketball mean to you? What does it mean to you in your life? Uh, I might have said it earlier, but I truly believe basketball is a great platform to life. Uh, there, as I've, I'm still learning in the real world to say, uh, but there's not a moment that I've come across where I can't rely on my experience with basketball to make me feel comfortable like, okay, I've been here before. And having that has prepared me for life. And it, like you said, this moment has been on steroids, but I've been prepared for it before I even knew it was going to happen. And that's all because of basketball. So I think it's important that coaches give these kids their all because it's truly life-changing. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just say for me, I think it's such a pleasure to coach girls at that age, 15, 16, 17, because they're at such an impressionable age and, you know, you can really make a deep impact. And sometimes you don't think of that in the moment, right, when you do it. But I know for me, I'm at the point where there'll be 30-year-old kids that I had so many years ago and they're, you know, they have families and they have kids now and you can see how much you know, something that I said at the bus that they remember that I, I don't even remember or, you know, just different interactions or, or just those words of encouragement. It really means a lot to me. And I, you know, I thank you for your service. I think it's such a wonderful thing to do, especially at this level. Um, and, you know, we're really looking forward to your continued success in the future. We're going to leave more meat on the bone so we can have a part two, but I thank you. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? First of all, I want to thank you for having me on here. I hope you keep doing your thing. Uh, this platform you have, you're creating something amazing. Uh, so I wish you the best of luck. I'm happy to have been a part of it. Look forward to being part of it again. And again, when it comes to this sport, um, ain't really any sport, mm. sports really change people's lives. So I just hope that everybody treats it as such um, because at the end of the day, it is a game, but the life lessons are, are, are bigger than the game itself. So have passion in whatever you do. And like I said earlier, keep your head down, keep trucking, keep moving forward, and things are going to work out in the end. Yeah. I never thought I'd make a platform where a referee's talking to coaches and players and different things. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Can't plan it. Yeah, man. Appreciate you, man. Charles McCann for Coach McCann at St. Mary's. This is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace.